0: Thanks for listening to our Faith Church Podcast. Let's listen to today's message. And I'm going to pray before I start the message. Father, I just thank you. Come on and just lift up your hands. God, we just thank you for who you are. We need you, God. Lord, I pray for your anointing and your grace on the word of the Lord this morning, on your word. God, I pray that I would only say what you want me to say, God, and nothing else. Lord, I thank you for your power and your grace and your strength that you're gonna pour out upon those that are listening as well. We wanna hear your voice today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I wrote kinda a few things that moms do that a lot of times as moms, you don't feel like anybody's noticing you, right? You're doing that laundry, you're doing all that stuff and you're just like, does anybody see what I'm doing? And you're doing about five things at once. Why, why is it that in le- to get something accomplished, sometimes you just gotta do five things at once, right? You hear me? You gotta do that laundry, you gotta start dinner, you gotta help the one with their homework, you, you gotta do several things all at once. And I wrote kind of a just a small list of everything that moms do that I wanna say thank you for. Thank you, moms, for doing that laundry. Thank you for cooking meals, for grocery shopping, changing diapers, nighttime feedings, getting very little sleep, making lunches, signing field trip forms, helping with homework, doing the homework, helping with projects... (laughs) Helping with projects, doing the projects, picking up toys, training the children to pick up their own toys, working, juggling home, work, church, everything else, mending cuts and bruises, being the resident doctor, calling the doctor, managing appointments, picking up the house, cleaning, vacuuming, dusting, cleaning out the refrigerator and finding very scary stuff in there, all the while trying to hold on to your sanity while keeping everybody else happy. Walking over, socks going, does anyone else see this sock on the floor? (laughs) Four things I've learned, real quick before I get to the word of the Lord, four things I've learned being a mom, all right? Number one, there's no manual how to do it and nobody knows what they're doing. (laughs) So just be encouraged, nobody. I don't care who's on Instagram saying what. I don't care who's on Facebook. I don't care who you're looking to. They don't know what they're doing either. They're just trying to figure it out. Nobody knows what they're doing. We're just trying to do the best we can. Am I right? Number two, mom guilt is real. No, seriously, it is very real. It is very real. Whether you breastfeed or bottle, whether you grind up all your vegetables or just run to the store and get that jar uh, of of baby food, no, no matter what you do, cloth diapers, uh, which I never ever did, I'm sorry to say, Um, or plastic diapers, Pampers, you know, everything. It seems like it seems like whatever choice you make, it's what it's how much you care about your baby, and that is so bananas but mom guilt is real and then as you get older it gets more intense because you find out man i wish i man if i would have known that i should have done that and you know looking back maybe i should have said this to them maybe i could have done better am i right let me tell you something you did the best you could all right you did the best you could just put that guilt down all right Don't participate in mom guilt. It's not fun. It's like a rabbit hole, and you're just going to keep going down. I've been there. You do the best you can. Number three, you're the one, you, say me, you're the one that's going to have to do that science project. (laughs) That volcano, it's you. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay, number four, you are not perfect, to say I am not perfect. And a bonus one, trust in, rely on, and lean on Jesus. He's the only one. When I've done things in my own strength, I crash and burn. And I get more frustrated and more frustrated and more frustrated. But when I learn to lean on the Holy Spirit, it's amazing how much smoother things go. How much more peace is in the home. Do you know that we set the tone for the house? Do you realize that? Our spirits, what we impart every day, because we do so much as moms, we are constantly imparting into the home. And what is in my spirit matters. If I allow bitterness and junk to get in there, nothing but junk is going to come out, right? Nothing but junk. It's like walking into the kitchen. Have you ever walked into the kitchen, be honest, and you're like, what is that smell? but it's not a good smell <laughs> something's either rotting in the garbage or rotting in, right and man you're gonna dig until you find out that smell we need to do that with our own heart we need to dig if there's bitterness if there's unforgiveness we've got to dig until we find what is there that needs to be rooted up truth true story I want you to know as a mom, you are an overcomer. Why? Because 1 John 5, 4, so you you have to base everything on the word of God. 1 John 5, 4 says, for whatever is born of God overcomes the world. Whatever, whatever is born of God does what? Overcome the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Faith is something that needs to be built in our heart at all times. So that's something that you need to know that whatever season you're in. And the funny thing is, you know, we've got moms here and you're in a different season than what I'm in, right? My kids are 23, 20, and 18, They're in a different season than they were when they were three and five and seven and all of that. And so it's a different season, but whatever season it is, I've got to be there. I've got to trust on Jesus. I've got to pray for them. It might look a little different now, but once you're a mom, always always a mom. That's one thing. Always, right? You never have to say, well, I'm done. Here you go. We're good to go. It never happens. Yes, you want them to fly. Absolutely. But you're praying that they stay up there. (laughs) You're just praying. sore baby, but I'm praying for you. Thank God for, for, for for our moms and our spiritual moms who prayed us through, right? And our grandmas who prayed us through. That's a legacy. The greatest legacy we can give our children is our prayer life. Is our prayer life. The way we hold on to Jesus. It's not, I didn't even give you the title of my message, I'm sorry. It's not about what you know. It's who you know. It's not about what you know. And you know, the world will make you feel like that. I just don't know enough to be a mom. I am not equipped. Things are coming at me. I don't know what to do. It's not what you know. It's who you know. It's who you know. It's who you know. You know, knowledge is a great thing, but knowledge isn't everything. The Bible says that knowledge puffeth up. But it's only love that edifies. And and another translation, it says, uh, knowledge puffs up to make you self-righteous, make you feel self-righteous. But it is only love that edifies. Ecclesiastes 118 in the Amplified says, For in much human wisdom there is much displeasure and exasperation. Increasing knowledge increases sorrow. That's depressing. It means human wisdom. No matter how much knowledge you have, if you don't filter it through God's knowledge, God's wisdom, God's understanding, then it means nothing. Because the word of God says no human or understanding can stand against God. All right, are you ready? I'm ready for the word of the Lord. I've got three stories. Say three stories. Three Three names. Three Three stories. Three stories. Three Three names. Do you know that every single one of us has a story to tell? Every single one of us, we're in the midst of our own story, and God is helping us through our story, but we have a story to tell. How many moms in here, you can at the drop of a hat, tell a story, a funny story about your baby? Right? Your child. Something happened and you got stories. I love sitting down as soon as you go with somebody to a restaurant or sitting down. My mom, at the drop of a hat, could tell a story about me, and I know she does. <laughs> it's just right there. As a mom, you love your children. That stories are right there. I have a story. One day I got a call. I was over here at work and I got a call that. Tyler dropped a carjack on Casey's head. Ooh. Seriously. She, she wasn't really hurt, so don't, don't go crazy. But <laughs> now she's like, wait a minute. Now, to, to get us, I'm just like, okay, first of all, carjack... I don't understand that. Second of all, where were you that you dropped it on her head? I mean, there's just so many questions. Have you had a call like that? You just got so many questions. Like, I don't even understand where you're at right now. I don't know what you did come to find out they were climbing a tree, which is fantastic, you know, climb trees, that's what kids do, and they decided to just take everything into the tree, and they were finding things from the garage, and they were just taking it up into the tree, so one of the things was a carjack, hey, let's put this up in the tree, they put it up in the tree, Casey luckily wasn't really far down, she was up in the tree too, and it dropped on her head and went down to the ground, I run home, she's sitting there, she's got a little blood in her hair, I'm like, okay, do I call the doctor? Do I not call the doctor? Thankfully, everything worked out. (laughs) But you never know. You never know what in the world is going to happen. And we've got stories after stories after stories that we can tell about our kids, embarrass them. But the most important story is God's story that he's working in us. Number one, each story has a name. And the name that I want to share with you is a name of God. That's why God put it on my heart to name this book, God Is, about the names and the attributes of God. And you should do your own study on the names and attributes of God. If you're going through something, the best thing you can do is focus on who God is. Because I don't know what, I don't know where, I don't know how, I don't even know why, but I know who. And that's the only thing I need to know. So number one, Jehovah Jireh, our provider. Genesis 22, Abraham had the promise He had Isaac and God promised Isaac to him and he got him and he had the son of the promise. And then God in Genesis 22, God told Abraham, I want you to do something for me. I want you to go up the mountain and I want you to sacrifice your only son. Completely threw a wrench into Abraham's plan like what? What? What's going on? You want me to do what? Can you imagine going up the mountain that day? I don't even like telling this story because it just guts me as a mom. Like, I don't think I could ever do something like that. But Abraham had so much faith that it says in the New Testament that he believed that even if it did happen, God could raise him from the dead because he knew that Isaac was the promise. That's how much faith Abraham had. But as he was going up the mountain, I can't even imagine the confusion. Just, just like, what am I doing? I'm walking up this mountain. God, Isaac is the promise. I don't understand what's happening in my life. I don't know what you're saying, God. I, don't, I have no idea. And Isaac turns to Abraham and he goes, Dad, um, where's the sacrifice? Because he knew we were going up to sacrifice. And Abraham did not say, let me tell you something. God said it's you. <laughs> You know, sometimes we talk too much. There are things that we should say to our children and things we should not say. And the discernment is knowing not what to say. Don't, don't say that. He said, you know what, son? God's going to provide. That's all you need to know. Sometimes that's all we need to know. Sometimes we talk too much when we're going through the battle. And it's easy to do. We talk too much to our friends, to our children. We're bleeding out on everybody when we're looking, when we need to look to the source. And as he got up and he was ready to sacrifice his son, an angel stopped him and said, Now I know that you're not putting your son above me. That's deep. You're not putting something above me. And at that moment, it says in Genesis twenty-two thirteen, 13, Abraham looked up. Abraham didn't look around like, where's the breakthrough coming? Where's the ram? Where's the ram? He didn't know what was going to happen. It said he looked up. He was looking to the Lord. It says Abraham looked up and saw a ram caught by its horns in the thicket. So he took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering in place of his son. Abraham named the place Yahweh Yireh or Jehovah Jireh, which means the Lord will provide. To this day, people still use that name as a proverb, on the mountain of the Lord, it will be provided. Abraham discovered this is the God of my provision. I was willing to do something that I didn't think I could ever do. I was willing to lay something down. I don't know what it is in your life. It might be something completely different than me. But there are things that we have to be willing to lay down so that we're not looking to the provision. We're looking to who the provider is. He's my provision. I don't know how it's going to happen. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know why this happened. I don't know how it's going to happen. But I know who. And He's Jehovah Jireh, my provider. And if I know who He is, then He's going to provide the provision. Number two, number two, Jehovah Nisi, the Lord is our banner. The Lord is our banner. When, when armies would go into battle, they would all have a banner, and you would know right away whose banner is whose based on what they were flying. And they were going into battle with the Amalekites. Moses was, and there's four people in this story. There's Moses, there's Joshua, there's Aaron, and there's Hur. Not her, as in her, but her, H-U-R, the name. And they were all going into battle, and Moses said something to Joshua. He said, Moses commanded Joshua, choose some men to go out and fight the army of Amalek for us. Tomorrow I will stand at the top of the hill holding the staff of God in my hand. The staff representing authority, right? The staff representing, Joshua, you go out and battle, but I'm going to stand. Moses was in the place of intercession. And let me tell you something, each person in this story had to have their part. Joshua had to fight. Moses had to lift up his arms and hold the staff. And Aaron and her had to lift up Moses' arms. Everybody had a part to play. If somebody wasn't playing their part, they were losing. Because when Moses got weary, like you would, I mean, try to just lift up your hands and just try to keep it there for a long time. And you'll see, that's a hard thing to do. And Moses got weary and Aaron said, hey, come on, we got to lift up Moses' arms because he saw that every time Moses put his arms down, they were losing. Now, naturally speaking, you would say, well, Moses didn't have anything to do with that battle. Joshua won the battle. He was down fighting. But if Moses wasn't in the place of intercession, the battle would not have been won. Listen, moms, you have a place that is important and it is called a place of intercession. And I don't care how many years have gone by. I don't care how many, how many children you have or how old they are. You are Moses or you're Joshua or you're Aaron or you're her. You need to be lifting somebody up or you need to be interceding or you need to be fighting. The problem is sometimes we're fighting when we're supposed to be praying. Sometimes we're on the sidelines when we're supposed to be lifting up somebody's arms. And it's up to us to be able to know and to have that discernment. God, what season am I in? In this season, is this what you want me to do? In this season, I'm Joshua. In this season, I'm Moses. In this season, I'm Aaron. In this season, I'm her. What season am I in? What is it that you want me to do so that I can win the battle? Now we know that Jesus has already won, but we've got battles down here on earth that we need to face because uh, Revelation 2 says, he who overcomes, I'm going to give manna to. He who overcomes, this is the end of the age, he who overcomes, I'm going to give a bite out of the tree of life. He who overcomes. So we know that when we're on this earth, we're to be what? Overcomers. That's what God has called us to do, to overcome to overcome. You've got to know what season you're in, and you've got to know that it's your winning season, that no matter what you're facing, God has called you to win. You to win. You are not to be defeated. You are a daughter of the king, moms. You're a daughter of the king. That means you've already won because of what Jesus, you know, it says in in Corinthians 2.14, 1 Corinthians, it says, thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph, In Christ Jesus. As long as I'm in Jesus, I am being led in triumph wherever I go. I triumph wherever I go. Not because it's anything to do with me. It's because I got Jesus. Hey, I don't know what's going to happen, but I know Jesus. I know he's the answer. I don't know why this happened. I know Jesus. I I don't know how this is going to work out. I know Jesus. I don't know except Jesus, and that's all I need to know. No matter what stage of motherhood you're in, you are important. Don't let the enemy steal your position. Don't let it happen. If you're a Moses, be a Moses. I don't care if they don't even realize that it's, that it's your hands being lifted while they're winning. It doesn't matter. Jesus knows. He knows that you were up in the middle of the night interceding for them. He knows. Number three. El Roe, the God who sees. It's one of my favorites. El Roi, that's number three, that's a name. You know, in each of these stories, God revealed himself to that person in the midst of their struggle. Abraham needed that ram, God was his provider. But it's the, it was in the middle of his story that God provided In the middle of the story of the banner of Jehovah Nissi, Moses had to have his weary arms lifted up. And and he said at the end, Jehovah Nissi, the Lord is my banner. In the midst of your story, God wants to reveal who he is. And the cool thing is you can never exhaust who he is. Let me read you just a couple of things of who he is. He's Jehovah Jireh. My provider, he's Jehovah Nisi, my banner, he's Jehovah Rapha, my healer, and I don't have time to go into all the names. He's Jehovah Sidkin you, my righteousness. He's Jehovah Shalom, my peace. He's Jehovah Rohi, my shepherd. He's Jehovah Saba- Sabaoth, the Lord of hosts. He's el Roi, the God who sees me. He's El-Elyon, the most high God. He is El-Olam, the everlasting God. He is El-Shaddai, the all-sufficient one. He is Elohim, my strength and my power. He is faithful, he is kind, gracious, loving, holy, mighty, great, awesome. That's who my God is. And every challenge that I face, I can pull on a character of God that I need. An attribute, a name of God that I need. Because it's not what I know, it's who I know. It's not what you know. And I'm not, I'm not debunking education. I get education is important. And we need that knowledge to, to be in places that God wants us to be. But God might elevate you for no other reason except he's elevating you, right? It's not what you know. It's who you know. Number three, El-Roi, the God who sees. Genesis sixteen through uh, 13 through 14, I'll get to that. But in Genesis 16, in the story of Abraham and Sarah is another woman, and her name is Hagar. She's in the midst of this story, too. She's right in the middle of it. She didn't ask to be there. She didn't want to be there. Have you ever been in a situation you didn't ask to be in? She was broken hearted. She didn't understand why this was happening to her. And she ran, like many of us do, which is human nature. It's fight or flight. Many times we want to run. Actually, her very name means flight, Hagar. It means that, which means, you know, when they would name children, it had to do with their character. So she was a runner. Have you ever met something, a difficulty either at work or something, and you're just like, uh, I'm out. I'll see you. I quit. See ya. I don't have to put up with this. That's what Hagar was doing and you don't blame her. There was no reason why she needed to be used in the story. No reason. God was going to provide the promise through Isaac. God did not say anything else, right? And yet it was Sarah who said, no, I want to help God out. I'm going to use my handmaiden. I'm going to use my assistant. And Hagar was put in the middle of something that she didn't want. And of course, she became pregnant and tensions rose, understandably. She started to have an attitude. Sarah dealt harshly with her and Hagar ran. She ran to the middle of the desert, which is not helpful. There's no Walmarts out there. You're just going to die out in the desert, but she ran, and God said, Hagar, what are you doing here? She's like, you don't understand, God. My mistress, is she used me, and now she's being mean to me. I cannot take that anymore. God says, go back. This is a tough story to tell. But God says... I want you to go back, and I've got a word for you. And he began to just prophesy what her generations... And you know what? The generations from Hagar have a part in the end times. They really do. And he began to prophesy. And exactly what God said is true, even generations later, thousands of years later. She went back. She submitted. She went back to the place she didn't want to be. Genesis 16 says this. Thereafter, Hagar used another name... To refer to the Lord. Woo! I'm talking to you, thereafter. I'm telling you, thereafter. Everybody just say thereafter. Thereafter. That means after this. Not before this, but after this happened, after her encounter with God, thereafter, Hagar used another name to refer to the Lord who had spoken to her. She said, You are the God who sees me I I just have such a hard time telling this story because so many people feel like nobody is seeing you the real you nobody cares they don't see where you're at what you've been through but I'm telling you there is a God whose name is El Roi and he is the God who sees you and it says here, and she said, you are the God who sees me. And she also said, have I truly seen the one who sees me? She was flabbergasted. She was like, did this just happen? Did I truly have this incredible encounter? I'm not Abraham. I'm not Sarah. I'm not a father of the faith. I'm nobody. And I saw a God who sees me. So that well was named Lahai Roi, which means well of the living one who sees me she came to that well and it says it can still be found between kadish and bered it's the god who sees me she ran she and had an encounter with god she went back the circumstances didn't change but she changed and she says, I now, there, and I love that, she had a new name. That means when prayer time came, everybody was like, hallelujah, I mean, I don't know exactly what they did, El Shaddai, they were calling God Jehovah Jireh, Abraham already knew God as that, but Hagar said, no, 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 I'm calling God El Roe. I worship El Roi. I worship the God who sees me. He sees where I am. He sees what is happening to me. He understands. He knows. He cares. He's got a prophetic word for me. I have a place in history now. I know that there is a God who sees where I am. Because it's not what I know. I know that circumstance and that stinks. But I know who. And he's the God who sees you. When things get tough, in, you know, in Psalm 139, 7 and 8, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend into heaven, you're there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, you are there. He had a plan for her. You know, when things get tough, we tend to run. We want to get out of the situation as fast as we can. We run from our city, our church, our marriage, our state. Running won't solve anything. You still have to deal with you in the next situation you face. That's the thing. You can run, but guess what? You're still there. <laughs> run again. There you are. Thank you. And you've got to still deal with you. Because part of the problem is you. You've been through some hard times, and maybe you're going through a hard time right now. God wants you to know that it's your winning season right now. You're in a season right now, but guess what? You win. But you have to believe it. You have to grab a hold of it, not through your own strength. You know, when you're, you know, strong and say, I'm winning, this is my winning season, it's not about you. You know that it's about Jesus. Because if we did anything in our own strength, we would all be flat down on the ground. It's all about Jesus. But you have to believe that it is God who leads you in triumph. You can't get joy from your job. You cannot get joy from your career, your status in society, your great home, your spouse, your children, the American dream, a beautiful car, being a TikTok legend, whatever that is. You can't get joy from that. (laughs) None of those things will give you what you're really looking for. The answer is Jesus. It's knowing the God who sees you. He cares for you, and he wants you to spend time getting to know you. him. And he wants to spend time with you. He's the God who sees you. He's Jehovah Jireh. He's your provider. He's Jehovah Nisi. He's your banner. Get your own banner down. Stop waving your own banner. Your own banner represents your own strength. Put that down and say, God, I need your banner Whose report am I going to believe? I'm going to be on the Lord's side. I'm going to believe the report of the Lord. And finally, I'm going to declare, El Roi, you're the God who sees me. You're the God who sees me. Woo, hallelujah. Come on and give God glory. I have a song that I've asked Donna to dance to. She did it um, the night of Women's Night of Empowerment. It was awesome. And in the middle of the song, she starts singing... Um, it's your winning season. I want you to just lift up your hands before she comes up and I want you to receive from the Spirit of the Lord that God is causing you to be led in triumph through Christ and whatever season it is it may look terrible it may look like it's not going to turn around but according to Jesus because of the cross, because of the blood because of what he did, because of the resurrection it is your winning season you will win because you've got the Lord on your side you are an overcomer they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony it's your winning season Thanks again for listening to our Faith Church podcast. We are so glad you chose to listen to this message. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast to receive notifications when we release new content. Also, follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Faith Church Rock to find out more information about what is currently happening at Faith Church.